As the Apostle Paul worked through God's instructions for the family in Ephesians, he tells the children who were old enough to understand his letter and young enough to still be living in their parents' home to obey. And he goes on to tell them why. He also has some powerful words for dads. Let's join our study leader, Dave Wurtson, as he concludes the family segment of our series on what is marriage, family, and church. David, take out the garbage. Would you please take out the garbage? I can still hear my dad telling me to do that. And I still remember my reaction inside. I remember feeling inside, man, why can't my brother Ron do that? You know, and, and, and I just had a friend come over to play, and good night. That garbage stinks to high heaven. How many of you this morning can remember your parents giving you a command, and maybe some of the kids have one that's very recent that you've experienced. How many of you remember reacting the way I reacted? Oh, man, I don't want to do that. Okay, that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Dina Petty was with us. So Dina is working with a mentoring program at the high school. Dina has a great passion for that. But as she was sharing the need with all the pastors here in town, and just in talking, one of the things that Dina said is she's blown away by the fact that kids don't have any respect for adults these days. How many of you have said that? So, for example, a student came in, and she has students coming into her office all day long, and the kid was talking about a teacher, and the student said, well, you know, why should I respect her? She hasn't earned that. So Dina said, well, you know, that's really interesting that you have the idea that you won't give respect to somebody unless they've earned it. So Dina said, now let's suppose her office is right across from the library. You walk into the library, and you go to the library and say, you're a stupid idiot. You got the books all disorganized. I can't believe it. You know, I'm trying to find such a book, and I've been looking here for half an hour. I can't ever find it. And Dina said, how do you think the librarian's going to respond to you? Are they going to help you find the book? Are they going to be on your side? Dina was saying, you know, the librarian's not even going to have a chance to earn your respect. She's just in a position of authority in the library. She also knows more about the library than you do. So we need to change gears a little bit. In fact, she asked the student, where did you get that idea that you don't show respect to anybody unless they earn it? that you can be totally disrespectful unless somebody earns a respect. She said, oh, my mom told me that when I was in middle school. A teacher gave me a bad grade and, and was kind of rough with me, and my mom just said, well, man, you, know, you don't need to respect them. They don't have any respect for you. Let's think about that. How is that going to work? In fact, Dina was saying that one of the greatest needs that she feels working with kids in the public high school is there isn't respect. What I want to talk to you about in the next few minutes is you can do something really powerful about that. Your family, your extended family, and the people that you touch can actually come in touch with a, with a mom and dad and with grandparents and with kids that really show respect. And I want to share with you not only the fact that we need to do that. You'd all agree with me. Yeah, we need to have obedience, respect in the home. How many of you would agree your family works much better when the kids say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, and they act right away? Does things run better? Sure they do. 
We all agree with that. So turn to Ephesians chapter 6, because the Apostle Paul actually, as he's working down, talking about a new covenant family, we talked the last time we were together about how Jesus actually said that he needed to come first, and he threw open the doors of family. He said, you need to not only call just your blood relatives your family, but you need to even call your enemies your family after they come to know Jesus. So the Apostle Paul that hates Gentiles comes to know the Lord Jesus, and the Apostle Paul becomes a messenger the rest of his life reaching to the people calling them brothers and sisters that used to be out of his family so that's one of the things jesus does and as a church family we want to be asking the holy spirit to keep making our household bigger making our heart grow bigger for others but as we enter into family relationships, the Apostle Paul is telling us in Ephesians chapter 5, where he talks to us about marriage, is that when we come to Jesus and we put Jesus first, rather than destroying our families like certain cults will do, where you'll have a higher priority to the cult, and then the cult will abuse you, when you really come to Jesus, he wants you to put Jesus first, but then he pulls you in to make your blood family And the heart of that blood family even more relational, even more warm, even more in touch with each other. And and you've got a heavenly agape love that's working through you. All the things that we kind of know in our heart, this is the way relationships should work. Jesus makes that possible. So as I talk to you about Jesus opening up the doors of what family was, I want you to know that the first century church also wrestled with how do we help our indigenous families, our blood families. How should husbands and wife relate together? And today we're going to look at the next section he talks about in Ephesians 6 where he says, how should children relate to their mom and dad? And this is one of the very clear principles that it doesn't take encyclopedias to figure it out. It just says very strongly and in just a couple verses, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and your mother. So the Apostle Paul roots it. He roots it right in the Old Testament. So he gives a really clear command. He gives us the power to do it. And he also tells us the reward. This is a great model even for how you work with kids. You want to not just give them the command and then they feel it's impossible to carry out. You also need to talk to them about the power to carry out that command. And then your kids are really interested in the reward. How many of your kids ever ask you when you tell them to do something, why? I've taught you for years. That's the first question kids ask. And every group, wherever it is, all the kids, when I speak to a kid's audience, they all respond, mom and dad tell them, because I said so. And there's truth in that. That's what I'm teaching you. Kids need to respect their parents. And there's sometimes you you can't explain why. You just need obedience because they're too little. Based upon this passage, don't be afraid of the question why. When you're teaching somebody, when you're trying to equip somebody, when you're trying to instruct somebody, the question why is what you're looking for. That means that someone's engaged with you. They at least heard what you were saying. So as a parent, don't react to the question why. You want to respond by, man, here's all the reasons why. So God gives a simple command to kids, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Every one of you in your heart know it. If I were to say, should children obey their parents, how many of you would say, true or false? Any idiot knows that. And what I want you to know is around the world, the power of God in the human heart has put 
the command that every people around the earth know that kids should obey their parents. That's a powerful, powerful thing. But the next part is really, really hard because how many of you, when your parents says, take out the garbage, how many of you ever have, can remember having a negative reaction to that? I want to slam the door. You know, I want to say, no, not going to do that. Talking about grandkids, my incredible words and grandkids all say no at times. Mary and I just took care of our guts where we were last weekend. And we made it through the couple days really, really well. But we had some times where my grandkids just looked at Mary, looked at me, mm-mm, you know. That's the key. Where do you go from there? I love the Apostle Paul because he doesn't just say, obey your parents. You got to obey your parents. He says, in the Lord. So from the time that they're little bitty guys, one of the things I want our church parents, I want all of you to do, your kid can be honest. I'm angry. There's a part of me that doesn't want to obey. And I want you to be the kind of parent that says, hey, that's me too. I know what that's like. Like, I know in my heart, you can have talks with your kids as they're growing a little bit, and they start to be able to talk, and even my youngest granddaughter, you can start to communicate. You're really angry. You're really frustrated. Boy, Papa's felt that too. Where do you think we could get the power to not give in to that? In our culture, things go to extreme. One group of psychologists will tell you that you need to just let them express all that stuff that you need to just get it out. It's like saying, you know, just let them all get it out. Let them yell and let them scream and everything else. And the idea is, well, that'll make it go away. What I found is when I get angry and I get really angry and I let it out, it just gets worse and worse and somebody gets hit, especially when I was little. There's another group that says, no, you suppress it all. You just beat the snot out of it. He that spares the rod boils the child. So then it moves to child abuse. The person that's doing the spanking and stuff is more angry. It's more serious and evil with the anger that's being expressed in the abuse than what the kid did in spilling their milk or something like that, which doesn't even deserve correction half the time. We always go to extremes. And what I want you to see is that we want to raise our kids by grace. Raising our kids by grace means that there's really strong, you got to obey your mom and dad. You've got to be obedient to them. But it's in the Lord. From the time that they're little guys, you start talking about the incredible, wondrous power of the resurrection of Jesus. That Jesus can give me a new power that gives me the ability I can be totally honest about my feelings. No, Dad, I don't want to do that. The garbage stinks. I can be honest about that. But I can also realize, but, but Jesus inside of me can help me to take the garbage out. In fact, Jesus can even help me to take the garbage out with a good attitude. So that the power of the Spirit is upon our homes. And I'm not saying that's going to be easy. I'm not saying that it always works. But that's going to be one of the most powerful things. Like if you raise your kids in a home and you're actually seeing the power of Jesus calming jealousy, calming anger, working through, and sometimes it can take time. I guarantee you when your kids get to be 18, go down to a secondary university possibly, and someone tells them, well, Jesus is just a regular teacher, your kid will stand up and say, you've got to be nuts. 
because no regular teacher gave me the power. I used to bop the tar out of my little sister. I hated her guts. And now I love her because my mom and dad really taught me about this incredible Savior that lives inside my life on a daily basis. And the Lord Jesus has now given me incredible love for my sister. You want to tell me that Jesus doesn't have supernatural power? Amen? I want you to know that every one of you kids, every one of you teenagers, like I know as a teenager you're busting towards independence. And that's part of the natural flow of the way the Lord's created your life. He is getting you ready to leave your mom and dad. But Jesus really doesn't want you to slam the door in your mom's face. He doesn't want you to go in your room and and call them bad names. And what I'm sharing with you, Paul is saying that Jesus can give you power in the Lord. You can be honest about that rage. You can be honest about your fear about growing up and what you're going to do. But you don't have to act out and do really disrespectful, destructive things. And you know in your heart that what I'm teaching is right. And moms and dads, I'm trying to model for you today the idea that we teach our kids to obey by amazing grace which is this incredible wonder that we're relating the death of Christ so that they can be forgiven when they are disrespectful, when they do disobey, and you move them towards that. I remember my dad having me go to my room, and I had to really think about the cross, and I had to read like John 3 until I was ready to change my attitude. And when I was all done, my dad would pray with me. I want families to be created like that. You can do that. Incredible thing. It tells us on, it says, honor your father and mother, which is going back to children obey. The kids say, well, what do you mean? I, I want you to feel the way Paul is responding. All the kids will say, well, what do you mean I need to do that? Well, what I mean is I want you to treat your parents with value. The word in Greek that's used for honor, the word in Hebrew, first of all, the word in Hebrew for honor means to treat with heaviness. It means that you, like if you have a thousand pounds here, you can't treat it lightly. If I say, hey, carry it to the back of the room, you got to treat it heavy, man. You don't treat a 1,000 pounds lightly. So the Hebrew word picked up on that substance. You need to treat someone with weight. And that, in English, I could say treat that person with weight. The word in Greek picks up a monetary idea and says treat the person as if they were very, very expensive. Like last night, we took Maui and Eva. We went to the Galleria and ate there. But I hadn't been up there in a long time. Well, you know, as you're walking through Nordstrom, some of those stores, there's a lot of expensive stuff around. You almost tiptoe through those areas. Mary's always scared to death I'm going to knock something down and we'll be bankrupt the rest of our life. So you treat those things with honor because they're very expensive. What I want all of you kids and young people to know, and I want you parents to realize this is what you're trying to build in them, is that from the time they're little, that, that you treat your parents as if they're very expensive. In fact, if you're in a home where you have a mom, maybe you're from a single home, but you've got a mom or dad that loves Jesus. Some of you just have a dad that loves Jesus or just a mom. Boy, one thing I want you to do today, what it means to honor them is I want you to, you kids that are younger, I want you to look at your mom or your dad. If you have both of them, you've got an incredible treasure because most kids in our culture don't. And I want you to look at them and say, Mom and Dad, I just want to thank you. It means so much to me that you're my mom and dad. You can do that. 
You can do that, kids. You can. That's what it means to honor them. Showing them value. Letting them know that you appreciate them. That's what produces what holds a home together. And this is really, really important to honor them. And then the Apostle Paul says, the kids say, well, why should I do that? The Lord says, Paul's very pregnant. He says, hey, to the kid, he said, you want to live a long time? And every kid I've ever talked to said, yeah, I think I'd rather live past 17. You know, all the kids that I talk to say, yeah, I want to live a long time. I want you to lead this through me, the path of that in our society. If you're selling insurance, like if you're an insurance agent, if you ask somebody, have you obeyed your parents? Have you honored your parents? You can lower their premiums. I'm really serious. I'm not kidding. The kids that tell me, I think my parents are blankety blank. I get that. And I don't think my parents know a blessed thing. And I, I left home when I was 16 and I live with my friends. When I follow those stories, like when they come to see me over the years, there's car accidents. There are medical bills, and I've lost some of them. I mean, it's, it's really serious. And it's not saying that every kid that died young, Jesus died young, because there was a higher plan. But let's not ever jettison. I promise you, if you raise a kid that says, Dad, Mom, you tell me to be home from Arlington. I know I can drive. I'm a senior in high school. You told me to be home By 11 o'clock, I'm going to be there. Your kid has a much bigger chance, and I'm not setting their curfew for you kids. You can decide. But what I am saying is, if you've got a kid that says, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, and they're there, they'll live longer. They'll live longer. It's just the way it is. The Apostle Paul's telling the truth. He really is. Then he switches gears. I love it. He says, okay, I love it. He says, Fathers, don't irritate your kids. Don't exasperate them. Don't frustrate them is what the word means. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. I want some of you young people that are taught, well, the Bible is just an old-fashioned book, and we can't really follow the values today. I mean, I, I know all about that. I, I read tons of guys and girls that think that. Do you realize that the Apostle Paul, when he wrote to the Ephesian church, do you know that a daddy in Ephesus... If he was a Roman, until he died, he had the right of even executing his son if he disobeyed him or didn't do what he wanted. It was called the authority, the power of the father. And the Greeks were a little bit less. In fact, the Greeks attacked the Romans. Says, Man, you guys are way too strict. But the, but the Romans dominated the world when this book was written. And the Romans gave absolute authority to dad. Just the opposite of our culture. But the Romans, if you were a Roman daddy, you had the, the power of life and death over your kids. When your wife gave birth to a baby girl and you were a Roman dad and you didn't want her, you just threw the baby in the river. Or you exposed them. You just put them outside till they died. That's really what happened. Roman daddies could tell you as a wife, I don't want another girl. So sell her into slavery or just destroy her. They could do that with little boys too, but they did it a lot with little girls. So I want all of you ladies that heard me speak today, don't ever let anyone get away with the fact that Christianity doesn't love girls. 
Because you, your body of Christ that you're a part of changed the world. All of that drive. You know what else was totally acceptable in the Roman Empire was abortion. It was people like you in the first century that had the Apostle Paul said, you daddies, you might think you have absolute right over your kids. You don't. God does. And your heavenly daddy is looking at you, and if you irritate those kids, like if you're constantly telling them you're an idiot, you're following a savior that says if you call someone a moron, you're in danger of hellfire. Don't you wound And I work with tons of kids that are raised with moms and dads who cursed them and called them idiots from the time they were little guys. Dina's own parents that I started out with today never communicated to her at all that she was valuable and she was weighty. In her high school, she was living in her vehicle And she shared on Wednesday, she said, you know, when I was in high school, if I died, I remember thinking, there will not be one single person on earth that cares and even knows hardly. And Jesus found her. And Jesus saved her. And Jesus creates now a mom with her own kids. And she's been a great mom with her husband. That's what Jesus does. Jesus can take a girl that's raised in her car without a mom and dad that know Jesus and help her to raise kids that obey their parents, that honor their parents, can bring her into a relationship with a man where he's not going to exasperate or irritate his kids. But instead, they're going to feed them. The word to nurture means literally to feed, but we feed our kids spiritually. And then we warn them, we correct them, we give them positive instruction and negative reproof. If we can do this, if we leave this room and go out into our society this week, I can't imagine what the Lord is going to do. Because he's not only going to help children obey our parents and our church, not only help fathers and moms not to exasperate their kids, but to bring them up. But it's going to make your family table Keep expanding. Keep expanding.